Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Big Wednesday, big Wednesday, lots going on. Tons of cool guests along the way. Yes, yes. We've got a playoff hockey game tonight. We'll get to that throughout the show in each of the hours. But we are 99 days away from kickoff in the National Football League. And the Raiders are on the field today, so we'll check in in the 5 o'clock hour with company member Adam Hill, who was part of the esteemed select media allowed around the players. That's coming up a little later on. But uh, obviously the big story of the day today, 7 o'clock start, Golden Knights, Avs, on the heels of just a horrendous game one, blowout, poor Robin Leonard, maybe fed to the Wolves. Well, we'll find out tonight. We'll find out tonight if uh, the Golden Knights were just caught in a really weird spot, you know, down spot after a very emotional victory in the last series against the Wild, and the Avs were off a long rest, and the Avs are super powerful and fast, 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 fast. But this is the setup. This is the setup. This is why you guys root for sports. Uh, you know, you why you have allegiances to certain teams, why I love my teams. When you get in a position, a little bit of pressure, little pins and needles before the game. So we got this one about five hours away. So, again, we'll check in with a bunch of hockey experts along the way to get you set up for – the Golden Knights and the Avs, and we'll look for updates on some of the injury situations. We do know that no Ryan Reeves, so he's down for two games. Uh, there were many, including at least one person on this show, Adam Candy, who was calling for Reeves to be suspended for the rest of the playoffs. Did that? That did not happen. So he's down for two games, and you know maybe it'll force the Golden Knights to go away from a more physical style. The one player doesn't make all the difference, but. And have the Golden Knights playing a more up-tempo style, which you're playing right into the game of the abs. But it wasn't like this series was terrible throughout the year. That was actually the last series. The Wild were the team the Golden Knights could barely compete with. A little strong. Uh, but had a tough time with during the regular season. These teams were fine. The Golden Knights were not overwhelmed. We're not run roughshod. So, of course, they have a chance in this series. And I mentioned yesterday, I bet the series back at... Golden Knights plus 350, that number is outrageous. Hell, they may go on to lose the series 4 nothing, but uh, you know, I think if you play good numbers consistently, then you're going to be a winner. Uh, is it a good number tonight? I'm not sure. I, I believe the Knights could come back in the series even if they were down 2 nothing. I know a lot of people haven't written off after being down one nothing Tonight, Avs are minus 190. Minus 190, Golden Knights are plus 170 back. So tons of basketball news today. And it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Uh, multiple retirements. One was a surprise. And I think there's a lot behind it in terms of the soap opera-ish elements of it. We'll get to that one. That's Danny Ainge. The other one's not shocking. Maybe the selection for coach and waiting is a bit shocking. But, you know, we talked about it all college basketball season that you could see a lot of the, the old guard. They were dealing with COVID, maybe caught it themselves. They were dealing with COVID protocol. 
they're looking to the future of college sports and name image likeness is coming. Athletes will have more power. So if you're an old school coach who likes to go fire and brimstone and threaten the kids and, you know, talk about ruining their lives, if they want to leave you, well, that stuff is gone. The transfer portal, you know, that's another power play for the players. And there are a lot of old coaches who, hey, they got used to having, you know, rule of the roost. And some of them really struggled. Tom Izzo, I don't know what Izzo is going to do in his future, but he struggled. Roy Williams did not have your typical North Carolina team. Well, Roy, at the end of the season, surprised some. And he walked away. That's it. Coach K is going to do it differently. Mike Krzyzewski's done at Duke, but he is going to go on the goodbye tour. Sayonara. And I'm sure part of that is to uh, soak in the adulation. He's not a guy without an ego. And I'll say this. Uh, he and his staff did just put in a lot of work the kind of work you do at big programs, uh, to land a massive class of top high school recruits. You can't walk on them, you know, at the last minute. Uh, And you certainly want to set up the next coach for success. And that next coach is actually going to be Steve Wood. Nope. Tommy. Nope. Not Tommy Amaker. Johnny Doc. It probably should be a race between Chris Beard and Jay Wright. And Scott Drew and Mark Few and name anyone else you'd consider a top 10 coach in college basketball. That's who should be getting the Duke job. But we saw North Carolina stayed in family at Duke. They're going to do the same thing, stay in the family. And uh, little known John Shire, I mean, little known outside of college basketball, uh, John Shire is going to take over. So we'll break that down in about an hour with our own coach, Joe Esposito. Is coming up around. Three o'clock here on Cofield and Company. All right, so let's set you up for the NBA tonight. We got three teams on the brink of elimination. We got the Wizards and Philly, a 3 1 series. Philly's minus six. Now, under normal circumstances, it's like, all right, you know, the Wiz got the job done. They, you know, they kept themselves alive. Um, you know, fighting chance in the series, but Russell Westbrook is hurt. I mean, this one's over. And then we get the news on Joel Embiid, which now changes the look of the Eastern Conference picture, maybe changes the look of the series. Maybe it's going to go a little bit longer, but. Embiid, he's gigantic guy, you know, seven foot, 300 pounds. He's had knee injuries, and now he's got another knee injury. This time it's a torn knee. It's a torn meniscus. They're going to manage it through therapy. He will not play tonight. That doesn't sound great for the rest of the playoffs. That sounds like, and I hate to say it, uh, you know, an inevitability that at some point Embiid may injure the knee even more seriously and go down for the playoffs. So we'll see how the Sixers react and, they can get the hell out of this series. That one's the first game of the day. It's coming up at 4 o'clock our time. You got 4.30. The Knicks, who I've said all along, are just happy to be here. We'll see if they can uh, fight to stay in this one against the Hawks, who are a better team. And frankly, as Clint Capella said, a tougher team, a more manly team, a more womanly team, a more uh, just a better human, tougher human, right, team. Uh, Capella came out and crapped all over the Knicks, saying basically, hey, they want to push us around. Uh, we're going to push back, and we're going to hurt you, and we're going to win. So that game's coming up. At 4.30, Knicks are a slight favorite. One and a half, you got Utah. That's a 3-1 series. A nine and a half, the Jazz are in that one against the Grizz. And then uh, the one that I think most people are going to be watching tonight. We'll see if the Clippers can actually move ahead in this series. They did a hell of a job fighting back to get it to 2-2. Clips are seven and a half. And hell, by the beginning of next week, Clippers may be the only L.A. team alive. Because last night was ridiculous. 
for the Lakers. That was outrageous. Anthony Davis is down. That doesn't mean the Lakers have to freaking pack it in. And I don't question effort by teams, but my God, that second quarter last night was a joke. 10 points in the second quarter. I mean, you're talking early third, the game is over. You're not even going to put out max effort to try to freaking steal a game without AD. And now we don't know if he's coming back for game six. I guess he's coming back for game six. Is home going to be, you know, Staples going to solve all of the problems? I mean, that, that was a terrible look. And it also, when you go back to game one now, the feel-out game, that's looking like a freaking disaster because this team is simply not good enough between age and injuries and lack of, you know, reliable, consistent depth. There's a lack of trust now from Frank Vogel in one of the former six men of the year that they have on the roster in Montrez Harrell, the other six man of the year on the roster in Dennis Schroeder. When things are good, of course, he turns in great performances. The guy's averaging like 22 points a game. When things are bad and they really need him, he's turning in 29% shooting and freaking seven and a half points a game. The Lakers should not be in this position. I'm not saying the Suns aren't a good team, but my God, Chris Paul is playing at like 60%. But that, there's the key. Chris Paul is playing. Chris Paul is going to go max effort all the time. Why Chris Paul was in there up 30 in the third quarter is beyond me. Might have aggravated it even more, but Chris Paul is going to be out there. And we'll get into a lot of people questioning the uh, the heart, the guts of Anthony Davis. I won't do it. You know, I don't get to feel his groin. Oops. Um, but I, I don't know the severity of the injury, but a lot of people are going after Anthony Davis and he's a pretty easy target. So Lakers season could be over tomorrow night, right? But here's the thing about the Lakers. In the offseason, when the Lakers have a chance to improve, they probably will improve. You saw this offseason when guys had a chance to come to the Lakers. Yeah. LeBron's there. AD's there. It's a good organization. It's a good city. It's a good basketball city. The fans are cool. And then you get the flip side. You get the flip side. You get the city of Boston, where Danny Ainge is walking away, and I will take you back to yesterday, WEEI Radio, uh, Kristen Fourier on the OMF show, talking about Kyrie Irving and that rivalry. By the way, Celtics, no surprise, shorthanded, no Kemba Walker. Uh, it feels like today that now that Ainge walked, uh, and they're talking about the season this year, no one's mentioning Jalen Brown being down for the season. Kind of a big factor, but back to yesterday, this is the kind of stuff. Remember when Kyrie Irving was like, all right, let's dial it down. Let's just root for basketball. Let's be nice. No subtle racism. Calm down. And instead, Boston got all inflamed without ever thinking like, hey, there is a repercussion to the way you guys in Boston look. Fire this. This is why he's – he's. I, I hate him. Like, I hate Kyrie Irving for, for nothing to do about his politics or, you know, it just it's who he is as a person. He's a terrible human being. He is – basketball he's a terrible human being and then even better you go to the phones on the boston radio station and you get uh kyle in the car and he's going after danny ainge oops that might have been a mistake i just want someone in the Celtics organization to say listen this guy kyrie talks about belligerence and he uh, you know worried about belligerence and on the court and everything and then what does he do he does something belligerent that's all they have to say especially danny ainge shame on you danny ainge you're an old school celtic you don't let someone step on the on, on the on the leprechaun and get away with it. Just call him out for being belligerent. That would have been it. Oh, shame on me, Danny Ainge. Shame on me. All right. I quit. I retire. 
Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 now. Today is not a great day. I wish we would have finished the year on a, on a much better note, but I feel like there's so much hope in, in the Celtics going forward. I'm excited for Brad. He was born for this. I trust my instincts. My instincts told me a couple months ago that it was time for me to move on. And um, that's what's best for us. That's what's best for the Celtics. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. The voice of a very sad Danny Ainge, the guy is a Celtic, through and through, and now he's done. And listen, the Golden Knights have not been without drama in the front office and with coaches, and a lot of people were shocked that uh, Foley and GMGM decided to move on Gerard Gallant, but this one seems so much more sinister behind the scenes with Danny Ainge. But uh, yeah, Danny Ainge is done with the Celtics. Think about this. Danny Ainge is done. The Celtics during his time made the playoffs 15 of 18 seasons under Ainge, the second most in the NBA uh, behind the Spurs. Shame on you, Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, shame on you. And the root of this, supposedly, is someone in upper management and again, Jalen Brown down, Kemba Walker hurt at different points of the season. Celtics underachieved. Someone in the organization, as Brad Stevens was being pitched by Indiana to the tune of like $10 million a year, whatever that was. Was it a $100 million contract, $90 million contract? Someone, one of the higher-ups in the organization, according to sources, Ainge had to step in and stop that person from firing Brad Stevens, who is a, a top six or seven coach in the NBA. Shame on you, Danny Ainge. Hmm. It's amazing. But that's Celtics fans right there. Shame on you, Danny Ainge. Shame on you, Danny Danny Ainge. Shame on you, Danny Ainge. Okay. So you get what you wish for. You get what you wish for. We'll get into this more as the show moves along because I've seen a lot of people comment on Ainge's uh, last 10 years and they're like, hey, just couldn't pull the trigger. Couldn't get that next player. I hate to tell you, folks, Ainge was a little hamstrung by some of the stuff we just saw the last week in Beantown. The city has a reputation. Some of the media have a reputation. The fans especially have a reputation. How many players, African-American players, and there's plenty that have gone there, but how many of the biggest and baddest players in the NBA have told the Celtics, nah, people pay attention. Your reputation doesn't just disappear because you say, well, we're not like that. You are like that. And we just saw it play out with Kyrie Irving, who said, dial it down, calm down with the subtle racism. And instead of Boston going, you know what, let's look within ourselves. Maybe he's right. Maybe we need to calm down as fans. Maybe we need to try to re- rework this reputation. Nope. Instead, you double down on it with Kyrie Irving. Now Danny Ainge is like, you know what, for 10 years, I've been trying to get guys like Kevin Durant here. Uh, you know, we saw Anthony Davis's father say, I will never let him play in Boston. That's the rep. And Danny can only do so much as a miracle worker. He did it through the draft. But you can't force elite players, like the the best of the best, to go to Boston. And why can't you? Because of the Boston fans. It's your fault. Shame on you, Danny Ainge. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. 
Hey guys, it's Mark. I uh, just wanted to say I'm honored to be a finalist for the Vizina Trophy. Uh, I couldn't be here without, uh, without my teammates and the support of, of Robin throughout the season. Um, looking forward to see you guys back uh, for Game 3. Bye. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Game day for the Golden Knights. It's a Wednesday and We've got a special guest in to talk a little hockey, really talk about just about anything. One of our favorite guys in the biz, Ryan McKinnell, is up on Cofield and Company, and we get him on the heels just a few hours ago this morning on his Sirius XM show. This is freaking awesome. You got to talk to Ice T. Yeah, we did. I was, uh, and first of all, hi, Steve. Good to be back. Good to see your smiling, lovely face. Or, well, hear your smiling, lovely face. I can hear it through the uh, microphone. But uh, yeah, man, we had Ice T on MMA Today. I was doing it with uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith instead of Misha Tate. And uh, I mean, Lionheart's a huge uh, uh, SVU Law and Order fan, right? And then I'm like the big hip hop fan. So we kind of, like spanned ice's entire career but what we really ended up diving into and this is something that i've always respected about ice and something anthony did as well and something that i think even even steve you can appreciate and 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 anthony certainly does like that hustler's mentality right to where you kind of see once you get a taste of something that you can do that's really fun like i don't know hosting a local las vegas radio show on espn you want to see what else the world has to offer you you want to see how far you can push it and ice t has been pushing it and hustling and never saying no and essentially leveling up, right, at every single point of his career. Just an extremely fascinating dude. And, uh, yeah, we got to talk to him for like a half an hour. We kept him a little longer because uh, the conversation was going so well. And he had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, yeah, we, just, Steve, we got the best jobs in the world, man. We got the best jobs. Well, I mean, how many people get to sit down for half an hour with, with Ice-T? And with that dude, think about it. He's got all the money in the world. He's sixty three yep. years old. Like he, I mean, he's he's an old school guy. Like he can he can easily walk, but he's still freaking working his ass off. That and we, so you know, we go to break. We do the half hour with Ice T. We come back. That is what I lead with. The 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 fear that that man still has about not making it, or like his legacy not. Be, I, I don't want to speak for him, and I'm not saying he still has the fear, but he's still saying yes. He's still trying new things, even at his age. You know what I mean? And and that sort of to put that into context, right? Like for an Anthony Smith, who is a, a light heavyweight contender, one of the best fighters at 205, and he's great on the analyst desk and ESPN, right? Uh, you look at me, very happy in the situation that I'm in uh, with SiriusXM and the things going on in my life, right? You very happy about what's going on in your life. We're all very comfortable, right? But we shouldn't be because if Ice-T isn't comfortable with the <laughs> millions of dollars he has, and oh, those residuals that you know he's getting from Law & Order, right? If he's not complacent and he's not, you know, lackadaisical, whatever word you want to use right what in the world would ever give you the right to sit back and to take your foot off the gas pedal for one second so you know this steve i i i, I mean listen <laughs> ice t was coming on to talk about an aaron carter and lamar odom fight i don't care about that fight and i'm pretty sure the people listening on my show don't <laughs> care about that fight but what you are going to care about is the person the hustler the man the entertainer the icon that is ice t and then to humanize him and to sit there to a guy who's making i mean i'm not gonna say what i make per year you know what i mean but comparatively <laughs> to ice t and to have that commonality i mean it's 
I, I love getting to do what we do and to talk about sports and to analyze and to give our opinions. And that's all fun. And to, and to talk crazy on the air and to have back and forth with, you know, your friends, that's all great. But to also bring in people to our world or to bring in an iced tea and to have that commonality with someone that I have no <laughs> business having anything in common with, it's just, it's a nice check. And it's, and I hope it was entertaining for the listeners. McKinnell, Big Mac is up on Cofield and Company. He's the ultimate man's man, the, uh, the, the, Joe Average fan, super passionate. Uh, you're a Golden Knight season ticket holder from the get-go. Yep. This this is why you buy season tickets. One, you want your team to be successful to get to the playoffs. You'd like to roll through the playoffs, but today is one of those days where you're like, okay, I'm nervous. I'm sure the athletes are feeling it. This is a yep. cool setup for this game after what was just a bizarre game one. Well, this is this is why you play, right? The fight, the answer back, the stories, the nerves in the air that you can almost taste it, right? And if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, uh, this is nothing new to you. I mean, you just had it in the last round. Let's just start right there in round one against Minnesota, right? Uh, but then you've also had that against San Jose. You've also had that against Washington. You've also, 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 I mean, I know it's only been a, a, a short few years, but you've now, uh, as we, you know, jettison into this major league sports town, right? Uh, you've had a taste of this from the Knights a couple of times. So, yeah, it's in the air. Uh, and this is absolutely why you're a sports fan or why you're a hockey fan or why I was an inaugural season ticket holder and still am uh, Steve, because uh, hockey's a great game and this city <laughs> has gotten a really quick crash course in less than half a decade of just about all of the highs and lows that this game can bring you. And yes, uh, back to your point tonight, game two, uh, about as important as it can get for a game two. And in large part to what you had said with it, with how bad optically game one was. And then we'll get into the injuries and the suspension, obviously, of Ryan Reeves. But um, yeah, a lot on the line for a game two, Steve. Why did game one unfold like that? Oh, that's a bit of a loaded question, right? You could say uh, you could say no, uh, Mark Andre Fleury. You could say a lack of physicality. You could say uh, nerves. I, I I think it's just a combination of all those things, and you can just sum it up by saying sports, right? Sometimes sports are weird. Sometimes you you take a team that like okay, you can you can make the claim that Colorado's a, a younger, faster, uh, albeit maybe even a better team. Uh, Grubauer obviously a final for the Vesna behind net for them. They have great goaltending. They have solid size again. They are extremely fast. They're young. They're dangerous. They're finally living into this mold that I had them pegged for the last few years. I would honestly call Colorado perennial underachievers, at least up until uh, right now. So I think it was a combination of maybe a little bit of nerves and tiredness on the the Vegas Golden Knights end, uh, not having uh, Marc-Andre Fleury maybe on some level affect him. But I, I think it was more a story of just how good Colorado can be. And in game two, right? That's what Vegas is going to figure out. How do we lessen the power of the Colorado Avalanche? And, and Steve, that's going to be a, a, a tall task. How do they do that? Well, I think they tried doing it uh, in game one, and that was getting physical. They were trying to leave an impression into game two to try to give them something to think about. But now with the Ryan Reef suspension, it's twofold. Some of that physicality is gone, and then maybe that physicality didn't result in the type of 
response that you were hoping for, right? So I would say get physical with with Colorado. I would say body up to him, try to slow him down. But I don't know if that's really the Vegas Golden Knights game. I would say their their game really would try to go head to head with them, right? To try to open up the ice. I'm not saying necessarily speed for speed. They just need to find a little bit of scoring. Again, that was the story of game one for me, just the complete lack of offensive output and just how great Colorado looked. Now, here's the thing. As we head into game two, I don't think Colorado is going to look as outstanding as they did in game one because they look like world beaters in game one and just no team I expect looks that good game in and game out. And I don't expect the Vegas Golden Knights to look as bad. I still expect it to be a faster, younger, slightly better team, especially at home for Colorado. But that doesn't mean the Vegas Golden Knights can't win. They are going to need to get physical. They are going to need to... uh, you know, uh, on some level uh, uh, account for the loss of Ryan Reeves. But the more bigger question, I think, as we head into tonight is uh, Matias Janmark and, and how that's all going to play out. Well, let's talk Reeves. Uh, first of all, the incident. How did you judge the incident? Uh, people were, you know, really outraged by it. Our own Adam Candy said suspend Ryan Reeves for the rest of the playoffs. What a classless player. Well, I'll say this. I didn't like it. I actually hated, I actually, you know, the one I, I disliked more was the hit on Ryan Suter in the game before the cross check to the back that had Suter doing the face plant for the wild against the, uh, uh, the goal net, right? Like I actually thought that was in, in terms of egregiousness, right? Like the, the suspension that Reeves got fine. I'm okay with it. That was scrummy. It was, it was ratty. It was dirty. It was whatever. But actually, again, the hit on Suter I thought was worse because that was just very clearly trying to go out there and injure someone, right? Game one against the Avalanche that has resulted in the suspension that we're talking about, that to me was just agitation. It was brutal. Like, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I've been in situations like that as an adult, as a kid, like whatever. If someone came up to me and cross-checked me in the back of the neck and sent my face into the side of a pole, <laughs> I'd be hunting them for the next 10 years. Like, legitimately. I, 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 I would. I, it would be hard to take that away from me, right? So, um I just think it was a combination. So, like, the Reeves suspension, I think it was just. Do I think that he should be suspended for the rest of the playoffs, that's where we get into a little bit of shaky ground, right? Because I think you do have to be fair. And Reeves, throughout his career, he's been a hard hitter. He's had a couple dirty moments, right? But he, I wouldn't necessarily, like some other people in the league, label him a dirty player. I think he's an agitator. I think he can be dirty. I don't think his only point is to be dirty. And I wouldn't necessarily... When you look at his history, yes, he's a fighter. Yes, he's a brawler. He's a bruiser. He's all those things. But he's like, I never really felt that he was actually dirty. Like, okay, uh, let's let's take like a Tom Wilson, right? And that hit on Marshall So in the in the in the Stanley Cup. I felt like he was going out there to take out one of our fastest, youngest scoring opportunity uh, players on the ice at that point, right? And I think Wilson has done that time and time and time and time again where he's went headhunting, where he's went out. Kind of like what, what what Reeves did to Suter in the Minnesota, Minnesota Wild Series where it was just so optically vicious that I wouldn't care if he was suspended for the rest of the season, right? I haven't gotten enough from that for Reeves throughout his career to suggest that he should be suspended for the rest of the playoffs. But I'm good with the two-game suspension. I'm good if you want to call Ryan Reeves a dirty player. And I'm good if the end of this, you want to say that he was one of the reasons that the Vegas Golden Knights lost this series. But in terms of him losing his ability to play for the rest of the playoffs, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, 
But again, uh, again, they're going to have to do something. The Golden Knights are going to have to slow down this Colorado Avalanche team. They are going to have to get physical. I'm not saying they have to get dirty, but they are going to have to make the uh, the Avalanche think about the way they're flying around the ice because, Steve, they are flying around the ice. You mentioned Janmark, and he's a big part of uh, trying to keep up in terms of speed with the Avs. Why is his injury so big to the lineup? Well, it's, 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 it's what you said. It's the speed factor, right? Because it certainly is not the defense. Because when you talk about Janmark, uh, he is a career minus player in the playoffs. He's played 53 games in the playoffs, and he's a minus five overall, meaning he's you know, they accumulate the time he's given up on the ice five more goals than you know he's let in so he's a minus player overall now in these playoffs it's a little bit better and that's where this becomes so important he's only minus one but the big uh caveat there is those three goals and three assists and the six points in eight games he's young he's 28 he's Swedish he flies around the ice that's what Vegas on some level needs to match up with the Colorado Avalanche. They need dynamic players. They need speed. They need offense. Yes, I, I know I said they need to be physical. They need to put bodies on them. That's absolutely true. But they can't look as bad as they did offensively in game one. And Yanmark, obviously, I mean, clearly just look at what, you know, he's able to do in the last year's playoffs and, and uh, uh, into this year. You know, he's, he's clearly making his mark. He's clearly playing at a, an elevated level on some point. And I'm, he's a good addition to the Golden Knights. Is he Pacioretty or Stone or any of the top? Of players, absolutely not. But he is young, he is fast, and he does give Colorado something else to think about. So there's a reason why the Valley is kind of focused on a player that they normally wouldn't be focused on. I feel like I didn't know a game too. Night tabs tonight, seven o'clock over on our sister station, Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. It's the voice of Big Mac, Ryan McKinnell. You know him, you love him. On the way back, we're, we're going to get into uh, the celebrity fights. Uh, Ryan said he didn't care about Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom fighting. He has to care about the Paul brothers. Everyone does. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Fired up on a Wednesday. We got Ryan McKinnell in with us from Sirius XM and you know, certainly a lifelong member of the company here on ESPN Las Vegas. Man, I have never been more excited about the fights. Fights are being made in some areas. The fights we want to see in some promotions, in some combat sports, are being made. Floyd and Logan Paul this weekend in front of tens of thousands, probably a really good pay-per-view audience. Now, they just came out with the rules. That's a little bit weird, but just give me your reaction to this spectacle that is Floyd Mayweather returning against one of the Paul brothers. Well, I don't know if you found the right guy or the wrong guy to talk about this, but I am all for spectacle. I am all for the absurd. It's why I have lived 14 years in Vegas, why I've been coming here my entire life. Uh, We are the city of fight sports. We are Fight Capital USA, Fight Capital of the World. Now, I understand this fight between Mayweather and Paul is not happening in Vegas. It's happening down in Florida, the land of Florida man and the lawless ways of the South, right? Like, I don't, oh, I am enamored by that beautiful, 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 silly state. Um, but I tell you what, Logan Paul, or yeah, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, they're interchangeable sometimes, the Paul brothers. Um, you couldn't ask for a better, I guess, state to have a more ridiculous fight. And you know what? It is going to do numbers. I don't know what type of numbers it's going to do. I don't really care. Um, I think it's hilarious that Floyd Mayweather is just collecting these bags off of idiots. 
Like, this will be his third dummy fight. Like, the first one's the best. Greatest pro wrestling match of all time. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, five years ago. Like, the line got bet down to where, like, Mayweather was, like, minus 350. I was going on your show and telling people to mortgage their houses. Uh, it, it was the great. It was Ocean's 15. It was the greatest heist in Vegas history. Like, without question. Yeah. Now, the next one, the next one, the next fight was against Tenson. Tenson was a Japanese, is a Japanese kickboxer uh, over in K1 over in Japan. Japan paid Floyd a ton of money to, to, to box this Tenson guy. Now, unlike the McGregor fight, where I fully felt like Mayweather was carrying McGregor because he had plans for him later down the road, whether he either wanted to rematch him and make more money, or if he wanted to essentially take him from the UFC and start co-promoting him with Leonard Ellerby, I thought both of those were why he, and he, there were rumors he bet on himself and he wanted to finish the fight in a certain round, right? So all of those things, I think, to play it into that to why McGregor looked I don't know, not dead against Mayweather. Tenson in Japan was the exact opposite. Floyd went in and was like, I have no reason to take care of this kid. I'm absolutely going to embarrass him. And then when, the, when the fight ended two minutes later, Tenson, one of the best kickboxers, combat fighters on in that country, in really the world, let's be honest, was weeping on the mat. He had been embarrassed, and he did not lose like that. But Mayweather is Mayweather, the greatest boxer of a generation. Uh, Logan Paul, I mean, he's a dead man walking. Mayweather has no incentive right to hold him to carry him to do anything other unless he does bet on him and he wants to finish him in a certain round okay we can get all tinfoil hat with that if we want but the fact remains is this seems like to me and i can't believe i'm saying this a setup to a jake paul fight jake paul obviously got announced with tyron woodley uh jake is the better fighter by all measurable metrics it, 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 it if floyd goes out there and starches logan in the first 30 seconds and absolutely pieces him up with like 15 shots in 30 seconds and then goes and cuts a promo on jake it's ridiculous it's pro wrestling it's absolutely stupid but let's be honest if there is any two fighters in the world that have wanted that fans have wanted to see get their ass kicked more than Floyd Mayweather and the Paul brothers, we'll use them interchangeably. Right. I don't know if I've seen them. So this is honestly, and at least in our carny sport of combat sports, this is like a perfect marriage. It's absurd, but it's absurd. It's absurd, but I'm here for it. So why isn't Jake Paul just waiting to collect the bag or bags in a match with Floyd? I don't understand why he's taking this fight against Tyron Woodley. It makes no sense to me. Well, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, well, if, I if, if, the goal, if the goal is Floyd. If the goal yeah, is Floyd. I, and I guess here, here's the way I look at it. <clears throat> if, if it turns out the way I think it will turn out, I think Woodley is going to destroy Jake Paul. Then Paul loses a lot of luster. But I, there's a lot of people in MMA, which I'm shocked by, who don't believe Woodley can not, not, not win it, but he's going to have a tough time. I do not believe that. Oh, I believe that 100%. I think Tyron Woodley's going to have a real problem with Jake Paul. Um, first of all, uh, let's just get this out of the way. Jean Pascal, I believe, a uh, former champion uh, boxer, legit boxer, uh, was at, with the Paul camp down in the Caribbean, and he just tested positive for every known steroid, I think, that is on the illegal market, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, Jean Pascal popped for everything. Now, I'm not saying the Paul brothers are using steroids, but I'm saying I would be using steroids if I was fighting Floyd Mayweather and Tyron Woodley. And these this Florida bout with Logan Paul and Mayweather – it's completely unsanctioned. There's no judges. There's no rules. It's the wild, wild west, baby. So if you're telling me I can go out there and get a 34-pack and potentially go detonate a nuclear bomb on Floyd Mayweather's face, well, I'm going to do that. And Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, back to the original point of this conversation, really. Um, Woodley is a washed fighter. 
And we've seen that in his last few fights in the UFC. How washed? That is up for debate. Right, and that's where right. But those, those are against professional top 10 fighters in MMA. This is not Ben Askren. Woodley, and this is Wood, not Wood, MMA. Woodley will be motivated. He will yes, be he will. in shape. Yes, he, he, will. he will. Yes, he will. I'm not saying Askren took a dive, but Woodley will care. Yes, completely agree. This is a career payday for Tyron Woodley. I think he, like a lot of people, want to see Jake Paul get his ass kicked. But you know as well as I do, Steve, boxing and MMA are completely two different sports. And Jake Paul has now been training in boxing for a couple years. And here's the thing. He's athletic. He digs in like he has good form. He can punch well. He punches better than Tyron Woodley. He punches a lot better than Tyron Woodley, at least from the way I see this fight going. Right. And here's and it's not even that I do think it. I can't. I do think it's a close fight. I think it's why the betting line is where it's at. But really, at the end of the day, it's accumulation. Jake Paul has taken no damage. I don't know what has happened to him in his you know sparring sessions and his you know in his lead ups to these respective fights. And I use that. Um, term relatively loosely uh but tyron woodley has taken absolute beatings and tyron woodley's 40 or whatever age he's nearing in on um the chin isn't what it was and paul does have power he does and he does have form and he is younger now again i'm not saying tyron woodley can't win this fight he absolutely can i'm just saying if it gets crazy enough like if paul becomes any sort of serious underdog or if that momentum starts pushing to Woodley, I'm going to be very intrigued by a Jake Paul line. Now, I'll say this. You talked about the motivation Woodley has. Uh, they've talked about this being a career payday for Tyron Woodley, right? Um, the, 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 the shine that he's going to get on Showtime boxing pay-per-view and the world hoping and praying that he silences Jake Paul, right? There's going to be all of that. But think about this. Tyron Woodley used to fight for Scott Coker. Scott Coker of Strike Force fame of, of 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 now with Bellator, right? Fight promoter, spent some time with the UFC and kickboxing days from years prior. But I'm just saying, Tyron Woodley came up with Scott Coker, right? Bellator and Scott Coker are now back on Showtime. If Tyron Woodley can go out here and take care of Jake Paul, you've got to think now being a free agent from the UFC, right? That that a natural Showtime Bellator symbiosis would kind of fall into place. So yes, it's a career payday for Tyron Woodley, right? But here's the thing that happens for Tyron Woodley. He wins, and I see him going over to Bellator and continuing that Showtime narrative and making more money, or he loses to Jake Paul, and he better save that money from that contract that he's getting for this fight because his career is effectively over. Well, all of that is what makes this a great fight. The fact that we're Absolutely. arguing about it, we both like the fight yep. game, we both covered it for so long, I, I find it insane, but we're going to find out in late <laughs> August what happens. Ryan McKinnell's with us, Big Mac, Sirius XM, part of the uh, Cofield & Company crew. All right, let's talk about uh, talk about Washed, right? And the guy, I actually give him credit. He did fight into his, his late 40s. There's a lot of things wrong with Tito Ortiz, and a lot of them kind of came out on the table in his deal in Huntington Beach. And I'm speaking of it in past tense, he just quit. He got elected. He was mayor pro tem in Huntington Beach, and he just bailed. Yeah, he did. And he bailed in such glorious fashion, Cofield. It was uh, typical Tito. I mean, just stumbling, mumbling, uh, incoherent. He, call, he used the word uh, – he called the year 2011, and he fairly re- relatively quickly corrected himself and said 2021. But this whole thing <laughs> – 
this 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 Huntington Beach City Council in his resignation. He said, I thought this was going to be a bipartisan effort to and I'm, I'm, I'm coming across much more clearly than Tito did in this audio. Right. This this bipartisan effort to do this, whatever. Tito was like waving flags of a certain party, like as he was like running for Huntington Beach City Council, like he said he thought it was bipartisan. And you were the most, like the least bipartisan person on any city council in America. So let's just get that out of the way. You're also a complete bumbling idiot, which I don't know. Maybe that's good for Huntington Beach. You're representing the city of the people. I have no idea. That was an embarrassment for the sport, and it is really hard to embarrass the sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, we just got done talking about Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like a career payday, Steve. A career payday for Tyron Woodley, who is welterweight champion. Not just welterweight champion, has the fastest knockout in welterweight title history when he when he finished Robbie Lawler, right? Like, so you're talking about a guy who was making, I mean, at some point, serious money, and the most money that he's going to make in his career is when he goes and does a circus fight with a YouTube fighter because Dana White and the UFC didn't pay him what he was worth, right? Theoretically. His biggest payday is coming on this. So when we talk about embarrassing the combat sports world, that is a near impossibility. But Tito Ortiz was able to transcend. He was able to transcend MMA and politics and just become a laughingstock. Guys, just go to YouTube. Just Google Tito Ortiz City Council and go back through some of those meetings. Steve, I don't know if you knew this, but he had two Southern California kids. I don't know what their names were, but they were calling in as like Chet and Jason, and they were trying to get Tito to come down to the skate park to take care of city council issues with overcrowding at the skate park. I mean, he was getting trolled live on these city council meetings. It was, listen, it was chaotic. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. It was dumb, but it is also going to be one of my favorite six-month stretches in the history of MMA following Tito Ortiz and his run through politics. Ryan, tell people about what you're doing on SiriusXM with pro wrestling. Uh, lots staying very busy on Sirius XM. Obviously, got you know, got the MMA shows, but uh, every Saturday I do a uh, busted open radio, which is our channel's uh, biggest show, one of the biggest sports shows on Sirius XM, and I uh, I do that show with the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Are we getting SummerSlam in Vegas? Ooh, I hope so. There's still that is a point of contention in the pro wrestling world. It would uh, it would happen the same weekend theoretically, I believe, as Spence and Pacquiao. Correct. They're talking about doing it on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. Historically, SummerSlam has been done on a Sunday. Has to, about, by the way, has to be in yeah. our stadium, right? It's a it's it's such a oh, big yes. event. It would have to be at the Al. 100% it's at Allegiant. If it happens, it's at Allegiant. It's just, I, I was kind of talking about this with, uh, we had Tommy Dreamer and ECW legend in for Mark Henry on this Saturday, uh, but I was kind of talking to, 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 to Dreamer about getting lost in the shuffle, right? You could have SummerSlam here on a regular weekend and you might get lost in the shuffle on some level because Vegas just has so much stuff going on. You come in here on a Spence Pacquiao fight weekend, all due respect to the 60,000 wrestling fans that are going to fill Allegiant, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be excited, and I'm a wrestling fan, and that's going to be awesome, and, and yada, yada, yada. You would get a little bit lost in the shuffle. Now, that also can be a good thing in the sense that you're piggybacking a little bit off of the Spence and Pacquiao. There's that big fight feel just down the road. You're not. I don't think you're divvying up your audience too much. I mean, you are a little bit, but... Uh, again, it's uh, 
I don't know. I just want everything back, man. I hope SummerSlam lands in WWE. Steve, we haven't really been talking uh, the last couple weeks, but uh, ever since I got my s- second vaccination, I've been a problem. I think I've been out for four weeks straight. <laughs> we get we get, we get, get SummerSlam here, man. I'm going to try to figure out a way to go to Spence and Pacquiao and SummerSlam and whatever else. I'm trying to figure out how to go to this Garth Brooks show the same night as Conor McGregor's return on July 10th. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just telling you, Steve, I'm trying to do everything before I die. And I don't know when that's going to be. Big Mac is back. He's vaccinated. And as I know in my home uh, with my SO, the same approach with Ryan McKinnell, money is no object. That's right. That's it. Live live life. We were shut shut down for a year. It is time to spend some money. The problem was I feel like I already lived like that anyway. Now I just have like a semi-valid excuse to be selfish and terrible. So, uh, yeah, no, this is fun. I'm going to be... I'm going to be doing this for at least a year. I mean, I've let everyone know, too. I've been very honest. Like, I mean, if you need to get a hold of me at 3 o'clock in the morning, I will probably be up doing something because I just was <laughs> locked in my house for a year. So, tough cookies. McKinnell's the only guy who before 40 had a bucket list, finished all of it, and now he's like, new bucket list. Pre-40, increase. You got to increase your bucket list as you level up, Steve, or if you survive a you know worldwide global pandemic. So, uh, yeah, buddy. Let's get it back. SummerSlam in Vegas. Pacquiao, Spence, fights, dances, dive bars. I love this city, man. Let's go. There he is, our guy, Ryan McKinnell on Hockey and Pro Wrestling and the Fight Game. His spot today is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official home for playoff hockey of Lotus Broadcasting tonight. Check out Ryan, the hockey guy, Ryan Wallace, doing the VGK Insider Show at 4 o'clock and through the game doing pre and post and the intermission reports. He'll be inside Bailiwick. That's at the Orleans. Happy hour at Bailiwick starts in about an hour. So get over there, hang out with Ryan, the hockey guy, and Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.